Sure it is. Hey, folks, welcome to How's It Growing, your weekly gardening connection only here at KZUM Lincoln. Howdy, howdy. I'm Bob Henriksen with the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum, planting Nebraska pretty much, man. We're, we're planting the heck out of Nebraska right here, right now. On this May 3rd, happy May, post-May day to you, man, May. If you ask people what's your favorite month, right, if May's not right up there in your tops, it's probably right behind October, huh? Or maybe you love September the best. Uh, maybe April's it, right? But May, man, is right up there. But, okay, we got good stuff coming your way today. Gary White's giving me a jingle here in about five minutes. Gary from Lincoln Iris Society. We're going to talk everything iris and peonies and clematis in this fastest hour radio. Good stuff, Maynard. All right, uh, so looking forward to that. So just some quick updates. Spring Affair is a wrap. They are... are Great Plains' largest plant sale held last week. We had like around 3,500 plant nuts waiting to get in, and so three, over 3,000 people. That's pretty cool, seeing a line to get into the door to get plants, right? Usually that's reserved for rock concerts, man. So plant nerd rock concerts, Spring Affair is uh, now in the books. So thanks to all of you that came. And uh, yeah, man, it's like it is what it is with the crowds of people, man. <laughs> you just got to deal with it. But uh, the plants are not gone, man. There's so many opportunities right now, folks. And uh, shout out to the um, farmer's market that started this last Sunday. Darn it, we, we weren't able to make it. But the uh, um, Sunday farmer's market in College View started last Sunday. If you missed it, uh, they had a good crowd. So uh, make plans to attend that this Sunday all the way through late October. Good stuff there. With the farmer's market season starting, also plant sale seasons in full gear. We're having a plant sale to Nebraska Statewide Arboretum on Thursday evening from 4 until 7. That is our members-only sale. That member sale is like, do I have to be a member? No, you can join right then and there. But uh, that is Thursday, 4 till 7 at the UNL East Campus. And then we have coming up Saturday, the Nebraska Herbal Society's annual plant sale. That is going to be held Saturday, May 6th at New Hope United Methodist Church. That's at 45th and Orchard. And that's taking place from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. If you're you know, just looking, I can't remember all this stuff, Bob. Just type in Nebraska Herbal Society plant sale and you'll find it. And, uh, yeah, so they're going to have herbs, a bake sale, and uh, even... Uh, Papagino is going to bring about 15 varieties of scented geraniums. And it's not easy to find scented geraniums anymore. They're not very, very uh, common in the marketplace, but they should be, right? Uh, so scented geraniums, fun stuff. If you've never grown them, they're, they're a cool plant. And let's see, we also have community crops, plant sales. You can do your pre-order uh, through today. Otherwise, uh, this evening, they're going to have a pop-up sale at the Hub Cafe so Hub Cafe, a great place to hang out, uh, doing all sorts of wonderful events. Shout out to Doug and Carla for all the great things they do there with the Hub Cafe. Uh, let's see. And then we have uh, Friday, May 5th from 3 to 6 p.m. Again, this is Community Crops Plant Sale. The Friday one is going to be at Root and Hive down there at First and Pioneers. And then this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., lots of activity down there at Root and Hive Again, at First and Pioneers, Midwest Natives starting up their plant sales. And we're having one on Saturday as well. Nebraska Statewide Arboretum from 9 until noon. So, phew, you get all that. Lots happening in the gardening world right here, right now. Thank you for tuning in today. And I have my caller on the line. Let me just get him on. Gary, is that you? That is me. Hey, yes. hey mister, how you doing? I'm doing well. 
All right. Did you make it to Spring Affair last week? I'm curious. I'm curious. I did not. I had some other things going on, and I couldn't make it this year, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I tell you, you know, we added one additional day. First time last year in Spring Affair history, you know, that's been going on pushing 30 years now. Added yeah. a day, and that we added a day because, well... Ah, there's so many people in line Saturday morning waiting to get in. If we added a day, hopefully we won't have, you know, 500 people going in the building at the same time because I don't care how many checkers you add, if 500 people going into a restaurant at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're looking to check out, well... Yeah, and all of you are kind of checking out at the same time these things happen. I think that we had a clicker dude counting uh, people coming in the door, and within the first hour, there was like, oh, what, some insane number, like, I want to say 1,200 people. Uh, uh, so there was there was like a, the line, the length of a football field, and everybody was still amazing. in a good mood. Yeah, it's always amazing to me. It's like going, man, are you people plant hungry? What happens to you the rest <laughs> of the year, right? So, well, thank you, Gary, for joining me today. Uh, Gary with the Lincoln Iris Society. Now, Gary, are you still president of the Lincoln Iris Society? I don't think you have that role yes. anymore. Oh, are you? Okay. Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. very good. And Lincoln Iris Society, folks, by the way, puts on some programming. Uh, tell us a little bit about the society, Gary, and if anybody's interested in joining, and, and tell us a little bit about your, I think it's monthly meetings, right, that you have? Yeah, we, we have monthly meetings. Um, um, usually the 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 last Monday of the of the month, um, not necessarily the fourth, but sometimes there are five, so it's right. the last Monday. Okay. Um, although in May we May and December we don't have a meeting just because of uh, too much other things, you know, too many other things going on in May. Right, um, like a little plant sale, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not in May. Yeah, I'm, our, sorry, our I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your your sales in July, right, or August? Our sales at the very end of July. That's right. We usually have a show. Uh, this year we're not. Oh, okay. Uh, in Lincoln, because we're we're hosting a regional um, uh, event for the American Irish Society's uh, Region 21 that we're in. Hmm. Uh, we're hosting that, that the weekend that we normally have our show. So, I see. Um, but the Greater Omaha Irish Society is having a show this year, and um, that one is on May 13th, uh, Saturday, May 13th. They do one every year, I'm assuming? Uh, they don't do every, one every year, but... Um, they are doing one this year. They uh, they have missed them, um, you know, with COVID and everything. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, kind of uh, put a hiatus on everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the Omaha area, would you say, is just as active as the Lincoln area, right? There's some big uh, iris collectors in the Omaha area that there I There's several, um, several iris people there. Um, it's uh, a little smaller club, actually, than Lincoln. Lincoln okay. is, um, is the largest um, largest iris group in, the re in our uh, Four state region, hmm. Hmm. Um, so we're we're the uh, <laughs> the really active ones, um, but uh, there are several other uh, pretty active ones in in the region, and the Greater Omaha Iris Society is one of those. Their show is going to be May thirteenth, and it's at um, St Andrew's Episcopal Church, um, nine twenty five South eighty fourth. Okay. Very good, very uh, good. And there will be there will be some people from Lincoln um, exhibiting irises at that show as well. Yeah, and folks, you know, we'd, we'd mentioned the educational programming. Heck, they've had me come and talk about what can I plant with my iris. I remember I yeah. gave a, a presentation on that. 
And it, to me, it was kind of like, really? I mean, we have to like say what to plant with iris, right, Gary? Pretty much anything, you know, that's full sun plant, right? And we can talk yeah, about that here. Yeah, lots of things. Yeah, and, and I'm curious how you roll at home, but 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 another thing, they actually had me come and talk about wild edible mushrooms in Nebraska. I thought that was kind of cool, having the, like an iris society have me come and talk about wild edible mushrooms. Any day, I am going to talk about that. Yeah, and I think people enjoyed it. And so they have some great programming. Um, and, and Gary, is there a website or a Facebook page where you li- do you list the programming that's coming up? And do people have to be members to attend that programming? Uh, we do have a Facebook page, and we do uh, mention the, the programs that are coming up. Cool. Um, so you can you can go to the Lincoln Iris Society um, Facebook page and find that information. Um, and no, you don't have to be a member to to come. Uh, of course, we'd love to have you join us uh, yeah. as um, members, uh, but uh, no, we we are uh, open to you know people uh, uh, visiting um, for our programs and for our you know when we have shows and our sales in in uh, uh, July, and which is uh, probably the best place to to buy irises um, in a multi-state region um, you can find some irises at um, local nurseries and garden centers but not the variety and the volume and uh, the myriad uh, types and uh, variety that you can find at the Lincoln Iris Society sale in July no doubt you know, Gary, I have to say, some some folks I know, and you probably know them too, it's like, you know, they'll kind of crinkle their nose when you say iris to them, because I think everybody kind of has this, well, this notion, you know, they have a reputation, right? It's like, and I think what I often see is is people will do their collection, and they just have a, a huge bed of iris, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's 50 feet long by 5 feet wide or something like that, and they just put iris in there. And so I think people are like, well, once they're done blooming, there's not much to look at. Well, that's what we're talking about. You don't have to plant all your iris together. And I'm curious how you roll at home. Do you tend, now, of course, being a collector, you probably have a a area reserved just for iris. Or have you been one of these dudes that says, you know, I'm just going to kind of put a clump in here and there and have lots of perennials around them. Is that how you roll or... I do that, yes. I put I, I grow lots of perennials, uh, lots of other things, and I I uh, tend to just put in irises wherever. Uh, you have a hole. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture the. I can be okay. There's a little two foot hole. I can slip in an iris because they're very vertical plants, you know, right? So yeah, you can kind of yeah, fit them in a tight right. place. And I'm assuming the iris, as once they're done blooming, okay, now June and July and August are coming around. They can look a little tired in the garden by themselves, but being planted in amongst those perennials, I'm curious if you've seen, I don't want to say the performance would be better, but does the shading just of those nearby plants, shading that foliage, does it A, either lead to problems for too much shading of the foliage or two? it's a good thing to kind of hide the foliage because, again, people think it's boring after it blooms. And I'm talking about the tall bearded, you know, the, yeah. the, the sword-like other ones, you know, we can, we can get to. But does that little bit of shading in the heat of summer help at all to, to kind of... Um, it can. Uh, it, it depends. If it's too shaded, then, you know... You got issues. not do as well. And then right. you, might, you right. might get some, uh, some problems. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
I, I found, you know, they do really well with, with other perennials, especially things like peonies and, and um, uh, various other perennials, even, even annuals. You know, um, I know people who grow quite a few annuals in, among their, their irises and mm-hmm. they do well. Um, so, uh, you know, most of the bearded irises, they, they, they prefer everything to be well-drained. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you know you you don't want to put them in a situation where you know you're uh, uh, planting them with something that that is um, really really water loving. Um, right, that you have to baby plant. and water too much, and we don't we don't want right. you to plant those plants anyway, folks. Unless you're dealing with a neighbor that waters too much, and their runoff is coming on your property or. Whatever, you know, you got something's leaking, you got a seep <laughs> or, or yeah, a low area, whatever. Yeah, so, um, and I'm also curious, okay, so another reputation, certainly with the tall beardage is, of course, after a number of years, let's say three to four years, you know, um, planting them in amongst perennials that's a grouping, my assumption is those perennials around it are kind of kind of keep the rhizomes at bay, meaning it's not going to spread as fast, right? Or... Is it easier to do iris rehab or rejuvenate a bed, for example, um, when you're just dealing with those individual clumps versus, again, shoving all your iris in the same bed? Um, you know, it depends on the variety a lot. Uh, some varieties really um, um, uh, spread and get um, you know get overcrowded pretty quickly, mm. and that sort of thing. Others, you know, I've had in the same place. Uh, in amongst other perennials for 10 years, 15 years. Wow. And, um, you know, I might dig off a, uh, a two or three rhizomes here and there off of it, but it's essentially been in the same place for a long time, and they and they do pretty well. Um, but it all depends on varieties. Some right. varieties just um, um, need more room or, uh, you know, they tend to grow over themselves and then may get... Um, too overcrowded, so you do need to um, uh, kind of dig that up and divide it and reset things. Gotcha. Um, cool, so cool. It, it it's it's very uh, dependent on the variety, and the you know the smaller irises actually um, uh, do quite well for the most part. Uh, the, what we call the the dwarf standard dwarfs or the medians, um, and right now those are blooming. Uh, the miniature dwarfs and standard dwarfs and there the standard dwarfs are from eight to 16 inches tall so they're much smaller mm-hmm. and the um, the tall bearded do really well on a wall um, type thing at the top of the wall um, they love the sun and but they will um, they will put themselves keep themselves in place for a good long time um, uh, at the top of a wall and, and among other um, hot uh, spot <laughs> hot spot places yeah I yeah. kind of have I have some and I like those little uh, miniatures and, and dwarf iris two reasons they're tough like you said you can like let's see I got this little corner where the you know the sidewalk corner for example but I want to put something in there that stays short that can take that heat that I don't have to water just kind of go how you doing today and those miniature irises fit that bill and like you say they're blooming right now i I can't remember if i have i think it's uh nana iris something nana i can't remember the anyway it's a it's a pure color which i like too you know sometimes those 
miniatures, you know, they have like, what, five or six colors in, the, in one flower. And that's fine if you roll that way, more power to you. But I like to have just the solid colors because it just really pops right in the garden. And yeah. I kind of have some, oh, some sky blue ones blooming right now. And uh, what's funny is I had construction on that side of the street there. And man, this bed that I have that survived the construction, really the only area that did, had a hole next to it that was probably, oh man, eight feet deep, right? <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> uh, and, and, I thought, oh man, because it's hard to tell what wasn't getting damaged by that construction. Now I dug plants up. I just thought, you know, I can't dig them all and, or didn't want to dig them all. I shouldn't say that. I could have dug them all, but I thought, you know, I can replace you fine. And, uh, anyway, the iris survived amongst a number of other plants and, uh, good to see it back again, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, okay, Gary. So yeah. Um, all right, folks, so no Irish show this year in Lincoln. There is one in Omaha on May 13th, I think you said, Gary. So if you want to get yes. to get your sniffer out and uh, and do that, um, more power to you. But just know that the Lincoln Irish Society has their annual rhizome sale, and that will be... Do you have a date yet, Gary, in the end of July? July 29th. Okay. Saturday. And, and Gary will be either calling in or... I can't remember if I schedule you for twice this year. It's all a blur, but... Uh, but anyway, yeah, I'll call in. we'll get the word out for show uh, as, as July comes up with a beautiful 75-degree spring day in July. No, wait, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm a little worried about <laughs> this hope. this lack of moisture thing. Uh, April and May are wettest months of the year. Uh, not good. So, folks, it, it could be an interesting year. So um, let's just hope May's wet and June. <laughs> uh, yeah, we hope so. We're, you know, we, at least... From what I can tell, we're we're lacking some some rain this spring. Um, you know, things seem to be uh, a little shorter than they normally would be, and uh, so hopefully May will bring us more rain and uh, and not just irises, but other other things seem to be a little bit shorter to me. Right, I agree. I agree. All right, Gary. Well. Uh, you had mentioned planting annuals in amongst your iris. I think that's a good idea and, and choosing annuals that are tough and uh, don't need a whole lot of attention from you, you know, drought tolerant, uh, xeriscape type annuals, right? And I'm curious if yeah. you ever tried one uh, that uh, we actually have the statewide our breeding this year. I grew it years ago and it's been a while. So a dude in Omaha uh, sent me some seed because he's like, have you ever tried yellow sneezeweed? And I'm like, Oh yes, it's been a while. I'll send you some seed, and he sent me like, oh my word, I've probably I could have grown four thousand plants with the amount of seed he oh, sent wow. me. So, anyway, yellow sneezeweed is a helenium, um, a, a helenium amarum, and another common name is yellow dick, and uh, that's that's what we have it labeled just because the name's fun. I mean, who would name a plant yellow dick? And it makes no sense to me anyway. But bitter weeds, another name for it, yellow bitter weed, yellow dicks, slender slender leafed sneezeweed, blah blah blah. It's got like my gosh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven common names. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, it's a cute little plant, only about a foot tall and wide. And uh, blooms, I mean, it's, and the leaves are almost thread-like. So it's very uh, bushy, little roundy-moundy type plant uh, with these cool uh, helenium-type flowers. And helenium, uh, the flower petals uh, are wedge-shaped. That's one way you can tell them apart from, say, a coreopsis and, and the drooping rays around a yellow disc that is 
covered with golden pollen and attracts butterflies, but it's terrific for hot, sunny rock gardens, ideal for xeriscape planting. That's why I'm mentioning it to you, Gary, and of yeah, course you listeners, because I'm like, Gary, man, this, this, and it, what's great about it is it, it's an annual, but it seeds around, so you can always collect some of that seed off of your plant as it's, because this thing blooms from, gosh, May till frost. I'm not kidding. And it's hard to find a plant that blooms from May till frost, but uh, this one does it. And that it's native perfect. to, it's a native plant. It's uh, eastern Kansas, down in Missouri, not quite native to Nebraska, but hey, close enough in my book. But anyway, check that one out, Gary. Uh, look it up online and say, I have to have you. Um, okay, Gary, so you had mentioned uh, anything else with uh, peonies. We got about five minutes before we take a break, and or I'm sorry, with iris, and before we move on to peonies. But I'm curious, uh, uh, I'll ask this question first. Um, I really loved collecting species iris, and a lot of folks, the collectors out there, most of them are after the cultivars, right, the named varieties. But I think it's fun to collect species, too. And I'm what we mean by species, folks, is these were never selected for any particular color or shape or whatever. These were these are what's found in nature, and we do have a couple of iris. I think I can only think of one Gary that's actually native to Nebraska. I don't think iris versicolor or the blue flag is quite no. native to Nebraska, but there's a, one that's called the southern blue flag iris. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's uh, Iris um, uh, Shrevii, something like that. Iris Versicolor Variety Shrevii. Does that sound right? Um, that one may be. I'm not sure if it's, uh, you know, in maybe Richardson County or something. Right, like exactly. That. Just like uh, one county. And that's it, right? Yeah. That I can think of that's actually native iris. But it's a good one to seek out and plant. I'm curious if you've ever planted the blue flag, the Iris Versicolor. I have I have grown some varieties of versicolor. Okay. And, um, um, actually, I have have one just uh, coming up now. That's um, well, it's a cross between versicolor and virginica. Oh wow! Cool. Um, so it's uh, kind of a hybrid, but it's an interesting cross between two American natives. Too cool. And, uh, so so we'll see how that one does. Um, uh, but there's there's a number of those uh, the eastern there's several uh, eastern natives versicolor and virginica and then there's the uh, Louisiana iris yeah. in, in the deep south uh, there's uh, five species of those and a good number of hybrids of those and I do grow some of those I actually have uh, one of the the species growing the I grow uh, iris brevicollis it's um, a short stalk brevicollis. Uh, and it's a it's a nice little blue flower, um, and several hybrids. And then there's there's some um, uh, irises native to the U.S. Uh, in on the West Coast, the uh, Pacific Coast uh, native irises, which won't grow here, so ah. they just won't survive here. But um, but they are American natives, and so there's a good number of of Native American species irises. Yeah, and I say that because everybody, a lot of folks want to help our pollinating insects, which for good reason. And I've seen that that sh uh, southern blue flag iris in a rain garden. It's perfect for a rain garden, folks. Just man, because they love it wet. Same with the versicolor. Yeah. Um, and and it w and it spread nicely, formed a nice clump. The foliage was attractive. But then I'm like looking at the cool flowers and it's got, it's, you know, like any iris, it's, it's 15 minutes of fame, right? When it's in bloom, it seems like, but the, the bumblebees were just going crazy for it. And yeah. Yeah. that really made me go, okay, 
so you people that say, well, irises aren't good for ecology, that's why I'm mentioning the species iris. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, they do get hit up by pollinating insects, uh, especially our bumblebees. So, mm-hmm. so keep that in mind. Um, yeah, even the the uh, Siberian irises that you know that we grow the hybrids, a lot of those get uh, bumblebees uh, uh, visit them pretty frequently, and and they will set seed pods um, from those bumblebee visits, and um, so that's one one thing with Siberians you have to kind of watch that because you'll get you'll get seed pods, and then you'll get seed and little. Um, Siberians popping up around the garden. Have you let any of those uh, seedlings grow into their own to see, let's just see how long it takes for you to give me some flowers <laughs> and if the flowers are different. Have you, have you ever done that? Or? I, I have. Um, most of them are, are similar to the parents, although you, you do get you do get variety, a little bit of variety. Well, that's cool. Not, not as much as when you, you know, deliberately make a cross. Sure, sure. Uh, too, but um, but still, it'd be and fun. I actually have one Siberian blooming right now, which is amazing. Wow. It's, uh, that's early. Here it is, May third, yeah. um, and it's one I think you gave me several years ago. What it's a little Siberian? Um, oh man, it's exactly all a blur. Sure, what it is? <laughs> right, it's all a blur, Gary. I can't even remember what the heck I gave you. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, very bright blue. Really? Oh, man. I remember playing with one called the blood iris. What is that? Iris, is it sanguinea? Sanguinea. Yeah. Iris sanguinea. Yeah. Yeah, the blood iris. And, and I'm like going, well, okay, so you're probably picturing folks as blood red flowered. No, unfortunately, it's not. Uh, but it's uh, what a cool plant. And um, Yeah. So and, and the flower, the spades, the bud spades, and, and part of the, the stem is, is a red. Uh, ah, red, that's where the name comes color from. color to it, and that's where the... Uh, Gotcha. Um, Sanguinea name comes from. A little harder to find. I do want to mention that uh, uh, there are a couple iris, public iris gardens that that, um, people can visit. One of them, uh, the Fister Iris Garden, is right there on UNL East Campus. Um, And it's it's, um, the Lincoln Iris Society um, manages that garden as far as what what varieties we put in it and planting them and providing the irises, the uh, uh, the ca- campus grounds um, staff um, actually take care of the garden, most of the, most of the uh, garden, but the Lincoln Iris Society members come over and, um, you know, and kind of groom the irises there and, gotcha. and um, keep the, the um, inventory, as it were, in, in place and uh-huh. what we plant and all of that sort of thing. So that's a nice on- little garden. That's on East Campus. Is it right there at 33rd and Holdridge, right behind Harden Hall, by chance? Um, it's uh, it's just north of the gazebo uh, type thing. Oh, okay. Um, and and if you're you know if you're at this backyard farmer garden, is directly south of it, you know, across the street and down and then over into the uh, um, East Campus. And it, if you just go um, straight south, you'll walk right by it. Yeah, in other words, it's between the backyard farmer garden and the gazebo. So, folks, yes. if you're trying to picture this, this is by where the, of course, we'll say the UNL Dairy Store. So everybody knows where that's at. It's just uh, go to Maxwell Arboretum, and it's right in the right in the heart of Maxwell Arboretum. Look for the gazebo, the wood structures, and uh, you'll find those iris. All right, yeah. well, and then what's the other public site? The other one is at Mahoney State Park. Oh, cool. In Omaha. It's a it's a large iris garden, the Sass Memorial Garden, and uh, it has a uh, it's 
it's dedicated to irises from the Sass family, Sass brothers, um, Hans and Jacob Sass back in the 20s, 30s, 40s that did a lot of hybridizing or world-renowned iris hybridizers. But there's also um, Dykes Medal winning irises there, which is the Dykes Medal is the highest award an iris can get in the American Iris Society. And so they have a collection of those and, cool, and cool. Uh, a collection of intermediate bearded irises, which the Sass brothers really uh, promoted. And some of those are new. And there's a collection of reblooming irises there. And cool. there's a collection of Sass peonies. So it's a good place to see both irises and peonies growing together. Oh, cool. Yeah, the Sass Brothers, uh, man, they're, they're, like you say, world-renowned. And all of the Sass varieties that, that, that are just proven, uh, they were in Iowa, right? Or were they, were they Nebraska? No, they were in uh, near Omaha. Okay, near Omaha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, cool stuff, great story there, and uh, a lot of fun. All right, Gary, I got a, a call on the line. I'm five minutes past when I'm supposed to take break, so I think we'll just take this call uh, quick from Janet, and then after that we'll go to break. Hey, Janet, how you doing? I'm fine, Bob, and you? Pretty good, pretty good, yeah. So uh, uh, I don't know if you heard me announce it at the beginning of the show, uh, reminding folks of the big Lincoln uh, Herbal Society, Nebraska Herbal Society's uh, plant sale coming up this Saturday. Are you all ready? We will be before then. <laughs> Not there yet, but we will be. I like that. That's kind of where... get it all set up. Yep, <laughs> we're working on that. So, <laughs> yep, I didn't hear you announce it, but thank you. And, yeah, I just wanted to um, remind your listeners about it and invite them to come 9 to 1 on Saturday at the New Hope um, United Methodist Church at 45th and Orchard. Lots of really nice herbs grown by Gary Fair of Green School Farms and a bake sale and tasting table and garden items and um, just a, a raffle garden of um, herbal-themed items. And so we'll have a really fun time. Yeah, it's always a good time. And, and unfortunately, that May 6th date is just a challenge, right? Because it's like uh, everybody and their puppy dog has sales that day, including us. So what I always tell people is is make a road trip out of it, right? Hit up right, the, right. Hit, hit up the Lincoln Herbal Society. We're nearby at the Statewide Arboretum. Head on down to Roots and Hives at First and Pioneers. Midwest Natives is open that day, their opening day. You've got community crops. Bah, you could just make a day of it and have fun. You and get lunch in go. between. <laughs> Select all the plants that you can possibly want. <laughs> and support local. That's the big thing. And what I like about right. the Herbal Society sale is, for me, it's like, okay, I grew opal basil and I grew um, sweet basil, and I'm sitting on, you know, 64 plants of each, so I don't need any more basil. I can eat a hole in the head, right? But I do need <laughs> African blue basil, and I do need, wait, wait, I need one lemon basil. Okay, 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 got to have that. Uh, okay, where do I stop, right? <laughs> right, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> and, and cinnamon yeah. basil, that opal basil, that cinnamon basil, um, which may or may not be there. Do you know if, if you're carrying cinnamon basil this year by chance? Uh, I don't know that. Hard to say. Sure. Man, it makes yeah. great, it makes a great summertime tea for like a... Uh, um, you know, a sun tea type thing, and and of course it'll it'll bleed your color in the, into the water too. So you have fun with that tea; it Get makes a nice it, color. Yeah, nice color. You know, people could go to the Green School Farms um, website and find um, what he has grown too. Oh, great, so, great. Okay, so tell them. 
I don't have memorized all the different ones that he's got for us, but um, yeah, they could look them up that way too. So good stuff. All right, yep. Janet. Well, thank you for calling uh, in and keep up the good work. You will be ready. Yes, we will. <laughs> We're looking forward to seeing a lot of people there. So. And folks, to, again, if you didn't hear everything, you don't want to write stuff down, just, again, type in Nebraska Herbal Society plant sale. You will find it on the web. Yep, indeed. Very yes. good, Janet. We'll, we'll see right, you, we'll you, see you sometime Bob. soon. Take care. Yes. Uh-huh. Thank you, Bob. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Gary. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Hopefully, you're going to go to the Nebraska Herbal Society plant sale this Saturday, Gary. In addition, great, yeah. <laughs> a couple of others. All right. Well, uh, sir, I'm going to have to take a break. I'm going to keep you on the line. And okay. when we come back, are we ready to talk peonies? You want to talk peonies when we come back? Sure. Okay. Very good. I'll keep you on the line, Gary, and we'll be right back in a few minutes. All right, folks, you're listening to How's It Growing right here on KZUM Lincoln. Joining me is Gary White from the Lincoln Iris Society. And I want to remind you, as we talked about giving local, Give to Lincoln is here. Any donation made to KZUM right here, right now, until 11.59 p.m. on Wednesday, May 24th. So you got some time. You will, uh, percentage matched by the Give to Lincoln matching funds pool. Easy way to do it, kzum.org. Surprise the heck out of me and say, I am donating to Give to Lincoln right here, right now, in honor of how's it growing because I like learning about plants because what plants are cool and addictive. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got to take a break again. KZUM.org. Give to Lincoln, give to KZUM, your favorite radio station. Don't take commercial free radio for granted. All right. I'll be right back right after this. Thank you for tuning in today. This is how's it growing your weekly gardening connection. Oh, there's a little Jim Lauderdale for you. Borrowing some summertime today. Beautiful top 10 day on tap. Uh, what would they say? Like upper 60s, something like that for a high. Or was it mid 70s? I think it was mid 70s. 75 degrees, I think, for a high today. Perfect conditions. And where did that wind go when we miss it so much? All right, Gary White joining me today from the Lincoln Iris Society. We were talking all things Iris before the break, and uh, I know we could do a whole show on Iris, Gary, really easily, but uh, we could, let's move on.org, and and, uh, let's talk peonies, because I know that's another love of yours, and you collect a lot of different peonies, and, you know, peonies are one of those things where, you know, you go to the garden center, and you might see them anymore. They're not a very... Um, readily available plant anymore. Would you say that same thing when you go to the garden centers and whatnot? They yeah, might have one or two varieties? See, right. You only see a very few varieties and um, uh, and most of those are actually uh, usually very, very old ones, which are still good varieties. Mm-hmm. But there's, uh, there, there are just not very many available at garden centers. Um, but you can go to specialty nurseries and uh, and find lots of um, uh, wonderful peonies, and um, um, places like Edelman's in Oregon, uh, that type, that type of thing. But the Midwest is perfect, perfect growing conditions for for uh, herbaceous peonies, and uh, have been grown in the Midwest and you know Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, the Dakotas for well over a hundred years, and um, there have been some some large um, peony commercial peony growers in the Midwest over um, the last century. 
so uh, we have really good growing conditions for, for peonies. No doubt. I'm curious, Gary, have you ever heard of or ordered from or been to Hollingsworth Peonies? Yeah, yeah, I know Don Hollingsworth. I've been down there a number of times. Um, uh, he he has sold the, um, the the business. He still is living on the property, still has lots of peonies there, but um, I think he's, uh, he just had a birthday. He's up in his 90s now. Wow. He's, he's still active and still doing things but um, that dude is super uh, cool you want to meet somebody you know really just a nice family that the whole business and from what i understand uh i mean it's close by i mean if what less than two hours away less than two hours yeah away? something like that something around about two two hours or so uh-huh. uh, marysville missouri yeah, folks, so if you know where Rockport is as you're heading down I-29 towards Kansas City, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that exit sign. You know, if you basically go to Auburn, Nebraska and head straight east, you'll run right into Marysville on that highway. And uh, from what I've never been there, but I've heard it's kind of out in Timbuktu. Is that right? You kind of like, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's out way out in the country. <laughs> That's great, cool. Great visit. Yeah. But, you know, online it says, uh, you know, folks that it, uh, this person has 60 peonies from Hollingsworth and uh, the quality is unparalleled and their passion for developing new cultivars and selling the best stock makes us turn to them year after year. So I'm telling you about it folks because again that person's review kind of says it all. I mean they're, they're quality and uh, man there's some cool peonies that they have out there um, in the gardening world. Uh, unreal. Uh, really um, I see here on their website, 53rd Retail Edition. So 53 years they've been around. I just think they they know what they're doing. And uh, and I remember visiting with Gary. I met him uh, many moons ago, Don, uh, down at a trade show in Kansas City. And we happened to have a booth by each other. And if you've ever run a trade at a trade show and had a booth, folks, you know at uh, some point during that event, there's going to be downtime <laughs> where nobody's coming yeah. to visit your booth. So what do you do? You end up visiting with the vendors. And he turned me on to a labeling company down there in Missouri, Kincaid, uh, Kincaid Gardens. And great place to get labels, by the way, folks. Uh, that's K-I-N-C-A-I-D. He's telling us about them. And then I'm hitting him about, about his peonies. And, and he's telling me about his hybrids, what he was after. He told me the, the most the old-fashioned peonies that we all love or hate, and I think people hate them because, you know, you get up one morning and they're all on the ground, right? And he said those yeah. weren't bred to be landscape peonies. They were bred for the cut flower industry. We just plant That's them right. as landscape plants because, well, they're tough and easy. So there's peonies out there, folks, that don't flop, that don't, uh, that aren't, don't have those big old fat double flowers that have kind of an open center, and Gary, correct me if I'm wrong, those ones with that open, uh, I don't know how to describe it, maybe you can describe it better for our listeners, but that open center, the insects, the pollinating insects, because again, peonies have a reputation, well, they're not good for pollinating bugs. Well, sure, those carnation-type double flowers uh, definitely aren't. Ants love them, so you love ants and yep. you should. Um, you know. But anyway, those landscaper specials don't flop. They're just, Wow. I'm looking at one here on their website called Ruby Riches. What? Yeah, there there are several of those. Uh, I I have a, a number of them. They're um, uh, either called single peonies or Japanese uh, style type peonies, and they are uh, as I said that uh, one or two um, whorls of of uh, pe- 
metals and then that whole center of of um you know um stamens and pollen and you know and all of that and so they do they do get visited by uh, uh pollinators when when you've got that much uh pollen just <laughs> just right there um and the big double ones a lot of them uh don't have any pollen at all the all of those uh um structures have been turned into petaloids and so uh it's it's uh difference in peonies there there are several different uh forms of peony flowers and uh, and that's one of them and they do they do stand up and you know and just shed the water and they don't fall down and um a number of those uh, there are you know breeders working towards um garden um uh, better garden peonies than some of the old ones that were just bred for uh, cut flower trade, and they would cut them in bud and then uh, ship them in railroad cars full of uh, peonies. <laughs> and that's wow. what back in the day. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, you know, that's what's great about these landscapers. Like you said, they, they're improvement. They got strong stems. They're erect and self-supporting, um, and, and they look good. Uh, that's another thing they're after with these you know t- today's world of hybridizing peonies is the foliage looking good after they bloom right standing up yeah. to our summer heat standing up and that's the thing about peonies if i remember right uh, visiting with my old friend harlan hammernick at bluebird nursery when they were out uh calivanting around in northern mongolia looking for new plants to bring back um he talked about seeing peonies out in the wild and so just yeah. goes to show you they're built for northern country, that's for sure. They they love our, our, well, they don't love, but, you know, they, they tolerate our cold winters and hot, humid summers very well. Yeah, they're very hardy, up to zone three or so. Wow. Cool, cool. Well, okay, so um, any of the, can you give our listeners some names of a few peonies that you have that you just like, man, folks, you got to have it. This one's like the cat's meow, and and then maybe tell us a source of of, of where to get it. Well, you know, probably the the most popular peony is Red Charm, um, a, a deep red um, flower peony, and it blooms about mid season. And in fact, the American Peony Society uh, has a uh, uh, sequencing system and they use red charm as the basis for that system so it blooms with red charm or blooms one day or two days or four days or whatever after ah, or before red charm. That's funny. So it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, they leave it. So, at, they, it's the standard. That's cool. It is. It's, it's kind of the, the standard. Red charm is uh, a, a wonderful peony. Uh, but there are, there are a lot of others. Um, you know, uh, and a lot of them go back uh, a number of years. Um, one that one that I have that never falls down in the garden is called Better Times, and it um, is a kind of a dark pink and a full peony, um, and it just stands up really well to the weather. Um, and I always wonder, you know, it's like 1941 when it was hybridized, and so you know, it's just after the. Uh, um, Depression, the whole the decade of the depression, and so maybe it was better times. I don't know. <laughs> they thought it was better times, it was just before World War Two. Yeah, but uh, but it it 
it stands up really well. The one problem with it to me is the fragrance is not nearly as nice as some ah. other peonies, but um, uh, but it's, it makes a really good garden um, peony. Too cool. That's what I found about those single petaled ones, the one I was talking about earlier. They tend to, when you stick your nose in them, go, eh, not so much. And, and I've noticed, you know, the coral, there are coral flowered or coral colored uh, peonies, and uh, most of those are not very pleasant smelling. <laughs> the bees like um, them, though, right? <laughs> they coral. do. Um, there is one, one exception to that. The pink Hawaiian coral uh, is uh, very fragrant mm. and nice smelling, but most of the corals. Uh, have a rather unpleasant fragrance, which you don't really associate with peonies very much. But you know, I, when you were talking about red charm, and I have it here up in an image, I I don't know if I have red charm at home. I got it from well, it was actually plant rescue from Ensminger's when when uh, they had moved, and and uh, we were out there helping rescue the iris, and I spotted that peony over there, and. Sure, that's uh, that's for the takens too because they were just going to bulldoze it all or whatever they were going to do. So I took a chunk of that peony and it ends up blooming at home. And you know I wanted to have an Ensminger peony, right? Uh, but it, so wow, I'd never seen this red one. This huge, what six inches across, five six inches across on that flower. But it's a flopper, right? Whenever you know, you, especially after rain, if that baby's in bloom, it's going to be laying on the ground. So I use it for yeah. Uh, those large, big, double bomb uh, flowers. If it, if you get a lot of rain in those, and um, they, they, a lot of those can. Although there are some now that um, people like Don Hollingsworth are, are uh, have been putting out that are. Um, I think they call them um, best landscaper peonies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like yes, and um, they they um, tend to stand up pretty well compared to a lot of those um, older ones that were just um, grown for the cut flower trade. Usually what I've done with my big boys, you know, I'll harvest for a bouquet and get the ones that are like, you know, either leaning or already leaned and get those before those stems are bent, right? <laughs> get it, get yeah. it in a bouquet. Just know that, you know, if you've ever done peonies uh, in a bouquet, folks, you can... Uh, the night that night you go to bed, the next morning you wake up, all the petals are on the kitchen table, right? They just poof it down. They come. <laughs> You're like, okay, hello. It rained peony petals last night. No, but uh, um, yeah, that that that's cool. And okay, so uh, we talked about your faves, and um, there's some dwarf varieties, kind of some shorter varieties out there as well, right? Have you tried there any are, of those? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, one of those is re- really, really early one of uh, the um, uh, fern leaf peony or the oh, yeah. uh, Mother's Day peony. They call it, some people call it that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has very, very cut leaf, um, leaves and uh, uh, usually a, a deep red. Mm-hmm. And those are, um, a lot of those are quite short. They're you know, maybe a... Uh, but 15 and 15 to 18 inches tall, mm-hmm. something like that. They're uh, they're not very tall. There are a few that are hybrids that that are uh, um, not quite fern leaf, but more cut leaf varieties that do get taller when they've crossed them with other herbaceous peonies. But um, the that herb that very early one, mine are just showing color in the buds right now, so they should be open in a few days. Yeah, 
really attractive foliage even when they're not in bloom too for the rest right. of the season so cool plant just uh if you've never seen one before just type it in cutleaf peony you'll go dang wow that's cool yeah um, and there and there are some um some very very dark peony colors you know uh, not quite black but mm. very dark mahogany is mm. one of those uh really or uh, chocolate soldier there's um uh, there's a few of those, um, and then there are things like hi- the Ito hybrids, which is oh, a cross yeah. between a tree peony and a herbaceous peony, and um, those yes. uh, tend to be large plants uh, and have very large flowers usually, um, and bring in some other colors like yellow, which in her the traditional herbaceous peonies just didn't have a true yellow, but the Ito hybrids um, are have several varieties that are a nice bright yellow that um, comes from a tree peony parent. Sweet. And I, I'm glad you mentioned the Itos. I forgot about that, folks. That's spelled I-T-O-H. And uh, I remember that there's one there, I, I, I'm sure Hollingsworth carries it, uh, called Garden Treasure. And yeah, that's uh, one of Don Hollingsworth's um, introductions. Too cool. What what an awesome peony. And uh, I don't know, I think the price has probably come down. I remember when it first came yeah. out, it was like, whoa, puppy dogs, like 120 yeah. bucks just for <laughs> a peony. And I'm like going, yeah. yikes. Eh, it's come down a little bit. But still, these are peonies, these intersectional hybrids, these Ito hybrids. Uh, they'll be with you for the rest of your days, right? I mean, they're very long-lived. Oh, yeah. Very long-lived. Um there are, you know, records of peonies living to be 100 years and more. Wow. Too cool. And everybody knows that, that gave grandma's peony. Maybe they inherited grandma's peony or gave it to a friend and moving that around. Let's keep that up and uh, just know there's lots out there on the market just waiting for you to discover them. How many w- different ones, real quickly, Gary, do you think uh, you have in your collection? Uh, I have close to 100. What? <laughs> you are nuts. <laughs> Is there anything Gary doesn't collect? Let's see. Oh, I don't do stamps. I don't do coins. I do peonies and iris and what is your and and, Cle, and clematis, right? That's your other big boy. Uh, any other plants you just go, okay, man, I got a big collection of by chance. Well, you know, I I started out actually with daylilies. I have a few hundred daylilies. <laughs> okay, Gary. I haven't. <laughs> wow! I've added many daylilies to the collection in the last several years, but I have um, have a good number of daylilies as well. Too cool! So you liked it when Sam Hill Gardens was around, I'm sure, because she has yeah, some yeah. stuff in. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a nice, nice uh, little business. There. Yeah, yeah. All right, Gary. Well, I got to run. I'm out of time here on How's It Growing. I thank you so much for calling in and joining us today, telling us folks about uh, the uh, upcoming event in Omaha and then uh, the Rhizome Sale uh, Iris Society is having in the end of July. Folks, we'll keep you posted as we get closer um, for that. But, Gary, uh, get out there and enjoy this beautiful day and this beautiful weather, and thanks so much for calling in. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's a great day. So. We'll see people on uh, Saturday at uh, the Herb uh, Herb Society sale. Yes, yes. All right, Gary, you take care and uh, get out there and do a rain dance for me, okay? All right. All right. Thanks, Bob. All right, you bet. Bye-bye. All right, that is Gary White, Lincoln Irish Society. I'm out of here, folks. I'm past time. Uh, You take care.